Young women have been growing up with an indoctrination of what womanhood is and what it should be. They've been taught everything that is in direct opposition to the Word of God. Young women who want to be different from the world are rare, but they are real. On this Rare But Real podcast, Audrey Brogy will often be joined by her daughter, Grace Anna, and her daughters-in-law, Maureen, Cassett, and Marilyn, who desire to be discerning in a day when everything seems to go against God's design. Join them in the journey of becoming rare but real. It takes courage and conviction. And now, Audrey Brogy. Hey, I'm so glad that y'all have uh, joined us today for this Rare But Real podcast. And I have been reading lately, or and actually have, I've kind of camped in Psalm 119. My daughter had given me a journal. She knows I like to copy scripture, and I've just been there. And I love this part in, in verse 73. It says, Your hands made me and fashioned me. Give me understanding that I may learn your commandments. May those who fear you see me and be glad because I wait for your word. And I will make a reference to this again in just a moment because in the last episode, um, Maureen was not able to join Kessid and Grace Anna and myself, but she is with me today. So Maureen, you can say hi. <laughs> Hi there. Thanks for having me again. <laughs> she was um, busy with her children, as she should be, and so she could not um, join us. But anyway, we talked about fears that we had before having children and even after having our children. And I have heard from many of you that it's been such an encouragement to you as you have dealt with fears in your own life. Now, with Maureen, Maureen, you've walked through a lot in fact, you've faced some things that other people have only feared in your life, especially I'm thinking about um, the health issue that a health fear even became a reality for you because you were diagnosed with MS, multiple sclerosis, 11 years ago. And I would love for you to share how the Lord has been faithful to you throughout that diagnosis. And even as you've learned to live with it and how you've walked on this journey with the Lord and also how you and Jordan have relied, relied on one another through it. And I think about it when I reference this verse from Psalm 119, because the scripture does say, your hands made me and fashioned me. And then the, the plea is, give me understanding that I may learn your commandments. May those who fear you see me and be glad because I wait for your word. And those verses really make me think of you in terms of dealing with your MS and how you have waited on the Lord through it, how you've seen and understood that God made you and he fashioned you and he has given you understanding. I have watched you in Jordan um, learn God's commandments. I've watched y'all um, wait for the Lord and and to see his hand in your life. And so I would love for you to share that journey with people who are listening to us. So I'm handing it over to you. Well, you're right when you say, um, you know, the fear of a medical diagnosis that none of us you know, ever dreamed that we would have or hopes that we would have to live with or endure. And that happened for me 11 years ago, you know, really about 12 years ago when I started experiencing different physical difficulties with running and some vision impairments. And as, you know, my short journey to be diagnosed, which I'm very thankful for because a lot of people who live with multiple sclerosis, it takes them years to be diagnosed. And so for me, that journey was relatively short, about nine months from the onset of first 
symptoms to being diagnosed. Um, and, you know, for you listeners who are not familiar with what multiple sclerosis is, it's an unpredictable disease affecting our central nervous system that disrupts the flow of information within the brain and spinal cord and between the brain and the body. So therefore, you know, my, it's basically my body can be telling me to do something, but my brain's not allowing me to because of different scarring that's happened through this disease. And so this disease ultimately, you know, leaves people with different disabilities, with walking, with vision, with speech, with all kinds of different issues that no one would ever even know about except for the person and the family members of the one who has the disease. So living with MS, and it looks different in every person. In fact, I've never met anyone who has the exact symptoms that I do at the same time. Mm-hmm. So it looks different for everyone, but I will tell you in the past 11 years, especially as my disease has progressed, it has, um, you know, probably within the past four years really started to impair my physical abilities to be able to get, you know, from point A mm-hmm. to point B. And while I'm still able to walk slowly, and then now, you know, in the past few months, I have started using a cane to help me as I need it, or when I know I don't have any of my family members around to help mm-hmm. me, um, you know, it's really been a journey. It really has been a journey of trusting in the Lord as I walk by faith and literally walking by faith because I never know each morning when I wake up what that is going to look like for me physically. Because some days are really hard, depending on, you know, um, with the weather, if it's raining or hot or humid or very cold, that can affect me in different ways. And so I feel like for me, God has brought me to a point which really all Christians should be living this way anyway, of just every single day, like seeking the Lord and asking him for the daily manna that he provides and trusting that he already knows the outcome of my life, Mm -hmm. that he knows what each day holds and that he wants me to cling to him and his promises to get through it. But, you know, with that, Audrey, that sounds all packaged neatly and like I'm good at living with this, but that's not always true because Mm -hmm. fear does still grip me. Um, you know, I get worried about, am I going to be able to be the excellent mm-hmm. wife and mother that my kids and my husband need? Am I going to be able to take them to the different things that they need to be at and, you know, meet their teachers and meet their friends' parents? Am I going to be able to physically get there and do that? And I worry about that. I don't want to say a lot, but I mean, it's just definitely yeah. in my life where I think about those fears. And if I let myself go so far, you know, to believe these things that ultimately I know Satan is just feeding me like to worry, worry, worry. Mm -hmm. And then ultimately that worry truly does paralyze me with fear. And then if I do that in a day, I find at the end of the day or the next day that I've let this, you know, perceived fear of not being able to do something keep me from doing anything Mm. and that's not what God desires like God knows he knows everything about me and he um you know a verse in first Thessalonians Paul says faithful is he who calls you and he also will bring it to pass Mm. and that's always even before MS diagnosis in 2011 
when I was having like child upon child upon child mm-hmm. and it was a lot at times and Jordan would be traveling with work and I would just always go back to that verse like God has called you to have these children which mm-hmm. are a blessing mm-hmm. and he is going to equip you to carry it out so I continued that verse I'm reminded by it like God has called me to walk this journey of a disabling disease and so he is going to equip me with what I need to do when I need to do it. Now, him equipping me is going to look different from how that looks for you or, you know, for my family members mm-hmm. or friends. Like, things are, you know, we live at a slower pace a lot of times. But, you know, when I worry about these things with my kids and husband and being a wife and being a mom and having a disease and, Sometimes it can be a lot and it, you know, if I allow my brain to go to, you know, 30 years from now and Mm -hmm. worrying about what that possibly will look like and worrying about, oh, I'm not going to be able to do this or that or that, Mm -hmm. that paralyzes me. And I have, you know, a husband and kids who bring me back to the reality of you will be able to do what you, you know, God allows you to do. You just got to take it one step at a time. And literally for me, it is one step at a time, carefully and methodically and planning it out. And so, you know, it's not easy. There's a lot of fears associated with it, but I have to, um, I really have to walk by faith and not by sight because if I stay on what I can see, right now, the here and now, that's when I begin to be gripped by fear. But Mm -hmm. God tells me to walk by faith, you know, faith that he's ordained today. What have you called me to do today? To do the next thing that you've called me to do, to do Mm -hmm. it well, to do it for his honor and glory, um, to do it where I'm loving my husband and my kids in a way that's pleasing to him and building our relationship. Um, So I am learning so much through that. And it's not always easy. It's painful at times. You know, it's hard to sit back and watch yourself. My my mind is still very much working, you know, mm-hmm, and a mm-hmm. lot of people with MS, you begin to have cognitive problems. That has mm-hmm. not happened to me at this point. And I'm praying that it doesn't. Mm-hmm. But that sometimes can be a battle because like my mind wants to do something, but then my legs won't allow me. Yeah. And yeah. so... <clears throat> But with that, Audrey, there have been so many sweet blessings that have come out of it. Mm-hmm. Like the slower pace I talked about, our kids have really learned at young ages yeah. to yeah. have a prayer life. Like, what does that look like to rely on the Lord, to cry out to Him, to ask Him for help? You know, and even, you know, there are times where they're disappointed. Like, why hasn't God healed you yet? Mm-hmm. We pray all the time. We've been praying for years. Mm-hmm. And even for them for their faith to be built like, you know what, guys, as much as I would like to be healed right now, and I know that God could if he wills it, sometimes Mm -hmm. and a lot of times what we desire, the timing of our prayers to be answered is not God's timing. Mm -hmm. Or what we deem as good is not the best for us that God has in mind. And that's Mm -hmm. this faith journey that I'm talking about. Right. You know, we so often want to like figure everything out. If we just know the answers, Mm -hmm. life would be easier or so we think. But I feel like for my kids, you know, along with Jordan and I and our prayer life, that has been something I know we would have prayed together as a family, but I feel Mm -hmm. like that's been such a huge part of their lives 
Yeah. And just trusting God and even times of discouragement and then coming back to the truth that, you know, God doesn't promise just because you pray, he's going to snap and give it to you. Right. You know, but for them to learn to be long suffering, to continue to ask until God clearly says no or shuts the door. Right. And so I feel like that's building their faith and just, and even in ways of, you know, I feel like they all have ways of being compassionate Mm -hmm. and just, caring and more gentle, like thinking of others before themselves. Right. Um, I'm wondering, and, and, I and know, I, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to jump no, in. <laughs> no, I was just going to say, I, I don't know what that would have looked like for them if I didn't have this disease. So there are things that, yes, it's hard for them and I hate it, but they have to be like, my mom has this disease. Mm-hmm. It's hard for her. It's hard for all of us. But I really am trusting the Lord that he's working and building their faith and trust in him that there's going to be fruit that comes forth from that in 20, 30 years from now that, you know, Lord willing, I'll be able to see and that they will be able to see and to understand more as they grow in their walk with the Lord. Yeah, because we can't always measure what God's doing in their lives, you know, as even just just regular things we have to trust God with. And I say regular, you know what I mean? Just the the things that everyone faces. But even as you were talking, I was, I just jotted down some things that, that you, you know, when you say walking by faith, you've had to do that both literally and figuratively, you know, you, we walk by faith and not by sight, but you have to walk, literally walk by faith. (laughs) And that's a lesson your kids, you know, see, because it's literally and physically. And the other things I was thinking about when you were talking about your children and and them praying for you to be healed, but the the lessons that go beyond that of them seeing you trust God through it, that they understand that um, none of us is promised good health our whole lives. We're not promised mm-hmm. anything really. That everything that we experience is a gift. I mean that I that if I walk down the stairs and I don't fall down the stairs even without MS, that's a gift. You know, like right. everything is a gift of the Lord taking care of us one moment at a time. And I love the even you saying like the slower pace and taking things in and, and like with your kids, like you don't always know what's going on with other people. They're learning to be compassionate as they see, because not everyone, they see you, you're such a beautiful young woman. And I mean, you're so healthy in terms of the way you look and all that people wouldn't know. And sometimes you don't know what other people are going through that you can't see. And so it's it's another lesson to help all of us become more compassionate. Um, But I'd love for you to share a little bit about when you first found out when you first heard the diagnosis and, and, um, and what that was like for you and Jordan, if you don't um, mind, if you don't mind sharing. No, that. no, no, that's great. I think, um, you know, as I shared in the beginning, you were so it young. Was like, like a nine month journey. Yeah, I was 28 when I was mm-hmm. diagnosed. Right. Um, it was April 1st, 2011. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like for me, as these things, you know, physical impairment started to happen to my body. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, I mean, I'm sure most of these listeners and you are guilty of, like, Googling, like, oh, I'm having trouble with my knee when I run. Or, you know, you look up all these things and you can find things that are, like, horrific or you can find very simple fixes to help, right, right. you know, fix your body. But ultimately, I ended up going to, you know, Jordan was like, more and you just need to go to see, you know a physical therapist and see what's going on with your knee. Cause I'm sure it has to do with you running. 
I remember that. I remember that. (laughs) Right. And so through me, just like going to, you know, a a sports medicine doctor first to, you know, it was a man. And I mean, he was gracious and nice to me, but he did just kind of say, you know, you've had three kids. Your hips have expanded. Like, it's harder to run. Like, what do you expect? Mm-hmm. You know, just be thankful that you can run. And I remember thinking, like, that was kind of flippant. Like, I don't think that I can just only run three miles and then, like, my leg has difficulty. Yeah, and 28, so I continued yeah. On, <laughs> right. And so I continued down this path and seeing a different doctor and going to different physical therapists. All the while, George and I praying, like, not thinking you know, a lifelong disease that doesn't have a cure, but thinking, okay, this is annoying right now, but probably in a year from now, this will all be passed mm-hmm. and you will be back to the things that you were doing. And so, yes, we were praying during that time, but not, we were not anticipating something so serious. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I finally got to this specialized physical therapist, you know, and I'll never forget, her name was Maggie. And she just looked at me and said, Maureen, I think something neurological is going on with you. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went and I did all these tests and, you know, narrow, you know, got, there were no, like I didn't have Lyme's disease or diabetes right. or all these different things or split disc or, you know, and then I finally went and saw this doctor at Emory and he was like, you're going to do an MRI of your full spine and, you know, and he looked at that, the results, and he's like, I really think you have multiple sclerosis, mm-hmm. you know, with all of your symptoms that mimic it. And so, you know, he sent me to my now doctor, you know, he told me that he's the best, you need to go to him. And God was even with us in that, because, you know, when I called, it was like, in March of 2011. And they were like, this doctor has no appointments until August. Mm-hmm. And so that was kind of discouraging, but a little bit expected. But we just prayed that God would open up, you know, a cancellation and we could get in. And within 10 days, I was in with this neurologist who then did a brain MRI and verified that I did, in fact, have MS. And we quickly started down this path of the treatment plan, what I would do. You know, so it was very heavy and hard. And, you know, he even advised if I was going to start the specific treatment. You know, you have three kids don't get pregnant right now. Let's like try to be aggressive and Mm -hmm. treat this over the next few years. And then we can talk about that. And Jordan and I were fine and at peace with that. But little did we know (laughs) that I was pregnant with our fourth with grace. Mm -hmm. And so that was a definite, you know, I mean, that was a huge, it was like scary and super encouraging at the same time, because while we weren't, planning on, you know, right then getting pregnant and having another baby, especially in the midst of the Uh, diagnosis. Yes, yes, of course. It it, it was literally just like God was like, you know what, you have this, but this is my plan for you. You're going to have this fourth baby. She's going to be a great light in your life and she's going to help you and encourage you and grace <laughs> that's her name i mean she's been nothing but that ever right. since i've had her right as all my kids have but i do feel like so, um, I, I understand i think anybody yeah. would understand yeah yeah um and so jordan and i i mean we were heartbroken and devastated especially if the children were on this right now i mean he was just he was very devastated mm-hmm. um and i think it just because like as a man who provides and 
he fixes so many things. Like, you know, that's just mm-hmm. like what he does for us. Yeah, that's what um, men do. They fix things. <laughs> right. And it's like, but he was like at a point in his life. And I know God uses this. It's like, there's nothing he could do to help me or to fix it. Yeah. Um, besides, you know, to love me and to pray for me and to be with me every step of the way, which he has done. Mm-hmm. But I know that it was hard because it was, you feel helpless. Like, right, right. okay, I have this disease that there's not a cure. The outlook looks pretty, you know, grim. Um, And we just have to sit back and kind of do nothing and see what happens. Yeah. And so, yeah, it was scary and it was hard and we were young. Um, I I will tell you though, Audrey, we never, you know, a lot of people we hear when they go through hard things are like, question God, Mm -hmm. like, why did you allow this into my life or they're kind of angry or you know, for us at that point in our faith, which I'm just so thankful for. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember saying to Jordan so many times, like, of course I have something wrong with me. Like, God doesn't owe me anything. He doesn't like say, oh, if you're a Christian and you obey me as much as you can. Like, you're, you're special. Little life. <laughs> right. It's yeah. like, no. In fact, the more you read in the Bible, it's like the people who know seems so close to the Lord sometimes seem like they experience the hardest thing yeah and I know that's not God's plan for every single you know one of his children but like I was just kind of like yeah my God's allowed this and now my job is to you know to walk by faith and honor the Lord through this Mm -hmm. whether he chooses to heal me or not because I know ultimately and and truly Audrey we talk about Mm -hmm. this with our kids it's like there will be ultimate healing in heaven Mm -hmm, one day. mm -hmm. And this, you know, I always think of second Corinthians four, you know, therefore we do not have, you know, we do not lose heart, Mm -hmm. but though our outer man is decaying, not our inner, yet our inner man is being Mm -hmm. renewed day by day for this momentary light affliction is producing for us an eternal weight of glory far beyond all comparison. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen for the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. And it's like, that goes along with walking by faith, Mm -hmm, right? Like mm -hmm. we can't just sit and look at what I can see right now in front of me because it can look bad. My eyes have to be fixed on heaven and that's where I have to go to in my deepest fears Mm and my, the days I get so scared or worried or frustrated. It's like, this earth is not my home. Mm-hmm. We live in this fallen and broken and sinful world that God has saved me and he is going to bring me to heaven one day, whether he comes back to take me or I die. That mm-hmm. is my ultimate home and that is forever. So while the 70, 80, 90 years seems so long, especially when you're disabled, mm-hmm. you know, a day can feel just forever and taxing, but it's like, that's like a blink of an eye in comparison to eternity. Right. So that's, you know, going along with walking by faith and not by sight and just not looking at the things that we can see for our assurance, Mm -hmm. but at heaven, at the Lord, the things which we can't see to be assured of, to be encouraged by. Right. Right. And, you know, even that passage you read when it says, you know, the words like momentary, light, temporal, it's so hard sometimes, especially when you're young 
and you know i'm thinking children and young adulthood and all that teenagers and stuff because you think oh everything's gonna last forever my broken heart will never be healed and you know whatever the the trials are that or it's just so long till christmas you know when christmas was over when i was a kid i was like oh it's so long and all that but the longer you live (laughs) the more you realize it really is momentary it really mm-hmm. is light it all of these things really are temporal and that's why it matters i mean that's even why in ecclesiastes when you know solomon says remember your creator in the days of your youth because all of this is fleeting you know all of this is passing by this is just um you know it's so important to live for him it's like that whole you know dot you know when you look at a when you look at a number line and there's eternity past and eternity future and then you look at all the years that have ever been and then you you put your year of birth and then you put a little line to let's just say 80 years since that's you know if due to strength 80 and you think oh this is just a th- you can't even see this when you look at all of eternity but it matters mm-hmm. how you live in that um, in that amount of time or whatever the time God gives you whether he gives you just a few days you know because of babies who are who are born and they die right away or there's or mm-hmm. or they die in the womb or whatever but that every all of it matters in terms of when God's creative you know he he made us he made us for a reason and it matters how we live but in the light of eternity is momentary it's light it's temporal, but that's sometimes so hard to grasp when you're in the middle of something that, especially what, that's fearful, and we all know the wrong kind of fear paralyzes us and makes time mm-hmm. stand still even more. So, um, well, what about... Well, that's true. It really does. I mean, for me, I think about, okay, the word paralyzed is like, oh, you know, it's very common for someone with MS, but I think... Mm-hmm. No, my fear actually paralyzes me even more physically. Yeah. And so how much, like, when we let our thoughts and our mind control us, mm-hmm. it plays out in ways and even the way that our body functions. Right. And it's just like, until we give that to the Lord. And for me, sometimes, honestly, I feel like I'm having to do that hour by hour someday. Uh-huh. And it's like, no, this is like, I know I'm here. I'm alive, I'm breathing, so that's your plan for me to be here. Mm-hmm. And you have not called me just to sit in a chair in front of television and do nothing because it's hard for me. Right. And so for me also to to be a wise steward of my time and the abilities of the things I can do. That's right. And that's hard for me in and of itself because I tend to be more pessimistic or I like to say realistic, but <laughs> those who know me closest would probably say pessimistic. You know, you do a little thing and, you know, my kids would be like, wow, like your walking is like really like great for today. And for me, I'm kind of like, I mean, not really. And it's not going to laugh. <laughs> and it's, So for me also to learn to like, no, like be thankful for those Mm -hmm. little moments that God, you know, does equip you to do the next thing. And it's a little easier. Don't just focus on the negative. And then also, you know, to push myself physically to do things. It doesn't hurt my disease. And that's kind of a myth about MS that, you know, if you overwork or work out, like it's going to make your disease progress. And it's actually not true. It's just like anything else. Yeah. The healthier you are, the better off your body is. Well, I admire you in that. Yeah. Well, it's like, (laughs) it's like, sure, I go and work out. And I, if I choose to work out for an hour, I know for the, 
I'm going to be really slow for the next couple hours until I cool down and recover. But I just have to be more strategic in planning out my days with that instead of just not doing it because it's hard. It's like, no, God wants me to do those hard things. But just like I said, I have to be a little more strategic in thinking about, okay, well, I have to get, you know, the kids here and I have to do that. I'm going to have to walk in there. And yep. so maybe I'll work out at night instead yep. of in, in the morning. Yep. You know, all the things that God, you know, is showing me and teaching me that, like, I'm still here. Like, I can't just throw in the towel and be done because it's hard. And yes, there are times where I think, man, my faith is being stretched so much. I feel like it's going to pop. But like, that's what, again, Who you know, we talked about, it's like we talk about this every episode on the podcast, the importance of knowing God's word mm-hmm. and being in it and memorizing it mm-hmm. and then living by it. Because without it, Audrey, like, I mean, I think about having this disease and not having the Lord. Would be even hard. I I can't imagine that because all you would be looking at is right now, the temporal. That's what you'd be thinking. Right. Is this is all I've got. Right. And that, you know, so for, I don't know, it's just been gripping to me in so many different ways with my husband, with my kids, with my own walk with the Lord, with different relationships, with overcoming fears that are lies, Mm -hmm. really. Mm-hmm. And, you know, focusing on Philippians 4a, the things that are true, honorable, lovely, mm-hmm. good, right, pure, and keeping my mind on that. And then also having friendships in place that encourage me in that way. Right. But they also are honest with me on days where I am being negative or giving up. You know, it's great to have other believers come alongside you and say, now, you know, we're not going to stay on the negative. Like, (laughs) okay, go ahead and mourn that and get over it and move on to the next thing. B.E. or for a few minutes. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Right. Like, we are human and God made us human. And so we are that sometimes. Feel sorry for ourselves. It's okay. But just for a like, you can't have a life of, you know, that those those are the days those are the days you go to the psalms and you join in with david you know when he poured his soul out and said i'm in anguish and it's true because it is true there are times we're despairing and we're in anguish and and we're just like you know is this ever going to change whatever it is not just in the physical realm but you know sometimes with things that we're burdened over you know stuff like that Mm -hmm. so we pour out our soul to the lord you know and I, i i was thinking when you were saying that about uh Let's see, I forgot exactly the words you used, but it reminded me of, and again, because I've been in Psalm 119, but um, when in, he says, the cords of the wicked have encircled me. Oh, when you're talking about being paralyzed with fear, the cords of the wicked have encircled me, but I have not forgotten your law. And that's, it just was like almost identical to what you said, just in a different way. You know, it's like, it's just like, oh, I have to remember the Lord's words and I have to go back to the truth of his word. And that's what you see all throughout this psalm and and in the psalms. It's always like, this is how I feel, you know, or or I'm, I feel, you know, the cords of the wicked, they've encircled me, but I have not forgotten your word. You know, like God that's always right. pulls us back to that because that's, that is what happens. The enemy is after us. I mean, of course, there's our flesh in and of itself, but then the enemy wants to destroy us. And if he, I mean, if you're a believer, he can't keep you out of the kingdom of God, but he can sure make it difficult for you to walk with the Lord, He'll, you know, in terms of tempting you 
and me to sin or to focus on all of the things that could go wrong and keep us ineffective for the Lord. And even that, when right. I, yeah, when I read at the beginning, when it was like, you know, may those who fear you see me and be glad. I mean, what a prayer request, you know, people who know the Lord, I want them to see me and that encourage them. And then it's and the reason in, in this particular verse is because I wait for your word, not because they see me and, oh, she's such a nice person. No, because she's a woman of the word. She loves God's word. And that's what I know I've seen with you and with Jordan because, you know, watching y'all and seeing how the Lord has refined. And, and of course, as a mom, you want to take it all away, you know, just you want to take it all away. You just want to, like, make it better, you know, I mean, and say, oh, this is going to be, you know, I mean, I still remember when Jordan was going in when he was nine to get his appendix out. And I just remember, you know, when they were getting ready to take him into the operating room and such fear gripped his little face. And he just kind of kind of leaned up in the bed for a second, just reached out his arms to me because they knew they were taking him away. And so I ran over there and I just hugged him. And he said, and he just said he was scared. And I said, the Lord's going to be with you. I can't be with you, but the Lord will be with you. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, and you know, but as a mom, I want to say, why does his appendix have to need to come (laughs) out? You you just want to take stuff away. But but God, you know, as you said many times, uh, even in this broadcast, you know, um, we're not promised anything, you know, and 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 we live in a broken, fallen world, and and not so great things happen to us. And but it does, just like what the psalmist teaches us to rely on His Word. So even more, and um, and I hope that's an encouragement to people who are listening. That you know, because we think we can fix everything, we can't. We have to rely on the Lord. So what are some that's other? Right. Yeah. Go ahead. I think of um, Isaiah forty eleven, which I actually have on my kitchen windowsill above, I think. It says, he tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those who have young. And I just, it's like every time I read that, I'm just reminded that, yes, like our God that we serve and love, who has saved us and redeemed me. He does gently carry me and he leads me and he holds me in his arms through good times and through bad times. Like he never leaves. He doesn't change. We do. Our emotions change. Our moods change. Our abilities change. But like how comforting it's been for me just to know that like, no, my God who I serve is my rock and he is always with me and he's tender and he's good to us and it's you know so many times it's hard to see good in the midst of so much hard Mm -hmm. but it's also like god is teaching me too like hey you have this disability you have to become more comfortable in it and if you're more comfortable in it and for me honestly audrey is like i've never wanted to use an aid to walk but it's like no sometimes someday sometimes you need to use a cane to help you to be able to do the things I want you to do instead of retreating and not going anywhere because you're worried about what people are thinking, you know, this perceived fear of man, which in reality, most people aren't paying attention to you anyway. But then it's like in your head, you think, well, this looks silly or dumb or, and it's so for me, one of the hardest things is just being more comfortable in my own skin of this disability which not only affects me, it affects everyone in my family. 
Mm-hmm. And the more comfortable I can be in it and walk in it, just the more comfortable and free and calm our whole family can be. Yeah, yeah. And so that's ultimately now, like currently today, is like I'm always praying, like, Lord, just help me. Like, what, even if it's like, you know, next week I'm fully in a wheelchair, help me to do that with excellence. Mm. And to embrace that mm-hmm. and to still be used of you and not just to retreat. That's, yeah. those are the, and, and that applies, Audrey, to anything, not just a disability, mm-hmm. but any hardship believers are walking through or moms or the right. fears that we have. You have to be comfortable with where God has placed you and called you so that you can be most effective for him. Right. And it's, I mean, I think you could attest to that many times of your life as being mm-hmm. a mom. It's like, no, it's not Audrey. It's not Maureen. It's God through you allowing mm-hmm. you to do these things. Mm-hmm. So just grab a hold of that. This is your life situation and trust the Lord to walk you with you through it. Right. Right. Well, what do you think, like when you talk about walking with the cane and you say you like you've kind of feared that, is it more because I know, I know you cash, I mean, you mentioned like of what people will think, but do you mean like explain that a little bit more? I think for me, like having to use an assistive aid to walk, which to be honest, like holding Jordan's hand to walk or my kids, it's it's the same thing as a cane. (laughs) But like for some reason, it makes me feel better that it's not. It's like, oh, my kid or my husband's hand. But you feel, uh, so you feel better about that. Like you'd rather do that. Oh, absolutely. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like, for me, it's just the reality as this disease progresses. I just, yeah, I wondered if that was symptoms, it. Yeah, it's just like, wow, like I'm at a spot where I actually can benefit from this. Right. But, right. you know, there are days where I'm like, no, I'm not even going to that because like no one's around and I don't want to use a cane, gotcha. which is so silly. <laughs> or there's days where it's like, I don't really care. Like, yes, I'm going to be there and use that. And so that's a real struggle for me. And it, I mean, it's an internal struggle of my own. I mean, it's it's like Maureen made my <laughs> thinking like, what's everyone going to think or say or do? Everyone who knows me already knows that I have this disease right. and I walk differently anyway. Right. And so actually, probably what most people would be thinking is, I'm glad you're finally using that. Because they don't want you to fall. (laughs) Right. And so, for I mean, that's really what I mean. It's just, I think it's just hard on it. It's like each step, right? It's like each step of mothering. Like having a new baby is really hard. Right. And then you kind of get to five and you're like, oh, this isn't so bad. And then, (laughs) you know, they grow up and they're teenagers. And I don't mean like, oh, the dreaded teenage years. Because I actually love those, the conversations. Uh But the thing where I think of like the fears of being a mom with little kids, it's more like physically taxing. Right. Or like when they're older, it's more mentally taxing because you don't know exactly what they're thinking (laughs) or what they're telling you or not telling you. Like you're, that's the game you're faced with like, I'm not God. (laughs) You're just a sleuth. You just become a sleuth. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And so it just feels like it's kind of the same, like the same fears could work in different ways. And so, as I'm saying, as you progress, and I'm sure when you're, my kids, you know, when Jack leaves in two and a half years. No, have, don't say do that. It. That's my, yeah, I know. That's my oldest grandchild. Uh, yeah. But I'm sure that'll be a new fear, right? Like, oh, what yeah. are you doing? Is he okay? He has a call. Oh, like, no, no and kidding. And so, I feel like for, the, for me using a cane, is like, oh, it's like the next step. And yeah. so, 
am I going to just, I just keep coming back to like, I just need to embrace where I, where God has me mm-hmm. and to be confident in that. And I think it'll actually be easier for me. You have to start um, seeing that cane as an accessory, you know, I know. <laughs> and have it very, you know, pretty. How can I accessorize my clothing with my cane? So. I know. But I mean, you know, it's like a thing you never want to have to have. Yeah. Like. yeah. But, um, Again, I know we're laughing, and it is kind of funny when I see it and think about it. I know. Sometimes I just want to like throw it in I would. I. I mean, I relate. I mean, I'm obviously I don't have MS, but I can relate to. I assume the way my personality is, I would probably think the same way, you know, as you mm-hmm. about it. I think it would be a fear for me as well. So. Yeah, yeah, so for anyone listening, <laughs> you can pray for me that I will embrace this and <laughs> it be you, comfortable, truly. Cause, well, you, you know, know, it's also, Audrey, like when, you know, I heard the podcast that you did with Kessa and Grace Anna last week, and I think it was Kessa who, you know, said, you know, Audrey, you always reminded me like, nobody needs to be crying but the baby, <laughs> and it's like, that's true. Like, I don't need to be crying. Like, I just need to do what I need to be doing. But then when with our babies, when we're at peace, it's mm-hmm. like they're more calm. And yep. the same is true for me. Like, when I'm not all, like, anxious and amped up, but just calm and embracing my disability, mm-hmm. it's like Jordan's more peaceful. My kids are more peaceful. It, it, it's really like... You know, our emotions affect way more than just oh, us. Yeah. I, Those it, around us. and That's right. Well, I love the term you use to embrace it. You know, it's like that, again, that Amy Carmichael saying um, that she, I think she wrote a poem, but in acceptance lieth peace. You know, like some, mm-hmm. it's like that thing that we can't change it. So, okay, let's embrace it or accept what this is because I can't change it. So let the Lord, Lord give me peace through it. Um, yeah, right, but as Jordan always reminds me, but he's like, but never to stop asking for God to heal you. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And it's like, and you know, even in that, Audrey, like I've grown so much because there are plenty of times where I'm like, and I'll say this to Jordan, like, you know, that's probably not God's plan for me to heal me on this side of eternity. I mean, look at all these great people of the faith who have these disabilities are being used by the Lord in big ways and in small ways. But God, it's not, he hasn't not healed them because they haven't prayed or asked or don't have faith. But that's just not his plan here on earth. But it's like Jordan's like worrying. God has not said no to us. And we're going to keep asking. And just as a father gives his kids good gifts, how much more will our Heavenly Father grant us good gifts? And so, to keep praying, yes, to keep asking, but Absolutely. also in in the midst of it, it's just like with any situation mm-hmm. that you're mm-hmm. going through, yes, you have to walk it, but you're asking for God to take it away. Exactly, exactly, exactly. And it's, yes, and it's like the the parable, you know, on, on prayer that in Luke 18, you know, with the widow mm-hmm. is like, you know, he's, t- I mean, Jesus is teaching them about prayer, but he uses that parable of like, he's not going to get up and give that to him because it's his friend, but because he keeps asking. And then he says, how much greater is your father in heaven than this? And um, he wants to see 
us ask in faith, and it doesn't mean it. But again, with that comes the whole thing that we trust our Heavenly Father, that He knows what we need and knows what's best. But yeah, we never stop asking. We never stop asking your in-laws. We never stop asking. (laughs) And I'm always so encouraged when I'm around your children because they always, that's always in their prayers when I'm praying with them about anything, that's always in their prayers. And um, But yet y'all have done such a great job of teaching them to rely on the Lord. And we trust Him no matter what. We trust Him no matter what. Mm-hmm. Well, I see we're getting close to the end of the time frame. And I, I thought I'd just close it out with reading um, just this little section of scripture, because with everything that you've shared, Maureen, it just, again, it's from Psalm 119, but it just, it makes me think of this. Um, Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. Your faithfulness continues throughout all generations. You establish the earth and it stands. They stand this day according to your ordinances, for all things are your servants. If your law had not been my delight, then I would have perished in my affliction. I will never forget your precepts, for by them you have revived me. I am yours. Save me, for I have sought your precepts. The wicked wait for me to destroy me, but I shall diligently consider your testimonies. I have seen a limit to all perfection. Your commandment is exceedingly broad. Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. Your commandments make me wiser than my enemies, for they are ever mine. So, I guess we should close it out. I'm so glad y'all listened today, and I hope this has been a blessing to you. If you enjoyed this episode of Rare But Real, be sure to subscribe so you'll be notified when a new episode is posted. And share this podcast with friends. Follow Audrey on Instagram and Facebook at Mothering From The Heart. And listen to all her messages on the Search the Scriptures app.